It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romaine who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine, com today. I'm pretty pumped about today because this week, not just today, the whole month, I'm celebrating my birthday the whole month, Heard That Nation. It's Friday, March 5th. I'm celebrating my birthday. I cannot wait. I'll be a very young, 48 years old, young. Let me stick with young. Uh, you know, hopefully that I... Well, hopefully during uh, during this time, you know, it's because we're still in this pandemic and everything, I can still go out and, and enjoy myself. But if not, you know, I'm grateful for my health. I'm thankful for uh, my great family and support. I'm thankful for you listening to this podcast today in the United States and around the world. I appreciate you tuning in today to Heard That. It is award season, ladies and gentlemen. It kicked off uh, this past Sunday with the Golden Globes. The viewership not so hot that 6.9 viewers have watched it. And I think a majority of the people were tuning out of it because 
of the of a thing that was going around I saw on social media and talk about several hot topics as well as get into the versus battle that was in the battle as well as going back to what you all can help me do for my birthday uh, with your support that I really appreciate. We're going back to this Golden Globe thing. Uh, the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association on their committee, I believe there's 87 members, do not have one single black person on their committee. And it was very vocally known through social media videos of people that are well known in this uh, industry, television, movies, directors, anybody that had a voice, a certified uh, check mark next to their name, they, def they definitely let their um, opinion know about how that is is not a good thing. And it was a hashtag times up, uh, I think it was hashtag times up globes that was going on on Twitter. And it was made loud and clear with the two ladies that opened the show, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were back again, opening up for the Golden Globes, which I think they're just absolutely gold. And they did it this time, it was a virtual setting, which I actually liked. Uh, you can see some of the celebrities that were there that were uh, hosting, I'm sorry, they were given presenting, they were presenters and giving out awards. Majority of the people that were there, I think all of them, I don't think there was one person that was there to receive a Golden Globe. I think everybody was home. It was cool to see the nominees from their house, uh, who they had with them, who they had in the background. I know Cynthia Nixon was nominated and in her background, she had her son next to her. And then in the background was uh, the ever so famous Bernie with his mittens and that, po that, that sitting position that is made... Everybody laughed when he was there for the inauguration of um, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. And he, they had that behind, she had that behind her uh, in, in the house, and that was quite funny. Uh, it, and it was just really neat to see who was going to be there, who they had in the background, like bookshelves and everything else. And plus, it was really cool to see uh, who really glammed up. And I'm going to get into that a little bit because I had several favorites of mine that was uh, glammed up beautifully for this. And, you know, shout out to Jason Sudeikis, excuse me, that he was glammed up too, but also uh, created a little bit of history as the first person to ever receive an award. He, he won for his show, Ted Lasso. And uh, he wore a tie-dye uh, hoodie, which I, I thought that was great, along with his power mustache, kind of like a little Tom Selleck throwback, if you will. Uh, so I, I absolutely, uh, you know, loved his fashion choice. I mean, he he won that. Some people were see, wondering what was going on with him because he was kind of in shock. But uh, folks were thinking that he was possibly uh, a little high. But who knows? He won. He was having a good time. He was living his full life. Who knows? But back to Amy and Tina, which I think did a good job, both of them with their opening uh, monologue and talking about different movies and stuff like that there. And I, and then once again, like I said, they definitely, along with several people, made their voices heard about the Hollywood Foreign Press Association not having uh, black people on their committee. I did reference uh to her story that happened at the Golden Globes. Chloe Zhao, the second woman ever won for Best Director for No Man Land. Now, this was the first time that three women were nominated for Best Director in a motion picture, her movie, No Man Land. Uh, Regina King, One Night in Miami, which was so good. And Emerald Fennell, Promise, Promising Young Woman, that's on my list to watch. So that was a huge statement for three women to be nominated for that. But Chloe Zhao for No Man Land, first Asian woman to take home uh, the Covetous Award, second woman 
to win Best Director since Barbara Streisand did it for, I believe, The Prince of Tides in 1991. Um, it, it, that, that was a, a huge victory. But again, looking at this and the history being that history was made, these women that are out here, these brilliant women directors that are, are just doing so good in the game and, and making it happen in television and motion pictures and everything else, again, to the Hollywood Foreign Press and, and the powers that be, more women need to be celebrated. We, we're seeing so many of them being passed up for coveted awards. And I, I just it just blows my mind that this is the second woman that was chosen for this award, that won this award. You look at past nominees, you look at, you know, was Ava DuVernay for Selma, which was a great movie, Catherine Bigelow for Hurt Locker, Sofia Coppola for uh, Lost in Translation. And I, I saw all of those movies and just absolutely brilliant. And the nominations are nice, but the women, the women need to have their place. They need to have their their, their recognition. More of these women uh, need to be recognized. I'm glad that three women were nominated in this category for the brilliance of their films. Just more needs to happen. And Chloe Zhao was so graciously shocked. Uh, she, she accepted the award. It was so amazing, uh, for, for what she said about the movie itself. And those that saw No Man Land, I've not seen it yet. That is also on my list to see. But Zhao said, I, I especially want to thank the nomads who shared their stories with us, uh, talking about the movie No Man Land. Compassion is a breakdown of all barriers between us, a heart-to-heart -heart bonding. Your pain is my pain. It's mingled and shared between us. This is why I fell in love with making movies and telling stories because it gives us a chance to laugh and cry together and a chance to learn from each other and have more compassion for each other. So congratulations, Chloe Zhao. Uh, see her again. You'll see her name again for the Oscar. I think it's going to be the same three ladies. Again, I haven't seen the one from uh, Miss Emerald in her, her movie, Promising Young Woman. I will definitely check that out. But I think that these three ladies should have an opportunity to be nominated for Best Director. And again, I hope that the glass ceiling shatters and one of them takes home the coveted statue. Oh, you know, this is probably something we should have told you guys earlier. Everybody is understandably upset at the HFPA and their choices. Look, a lot of flashy garbage got nominated, but that happens, okay? That's like their thing. But a number of black actors and black-led projects were overlooked. And look, we all know that award shows are stupid. Yeah. They're all a scam invented by Big Red Carpet <laughs> to sell more carpet. We know that. The point is, even with stupid things, inclusivity is important. And there are no black members of the Hollywood Foreign Press. I realize HFPA, maybe you guys didn't get the memo because your workplace is the back booth of a French McDonald's. <laughs> but you got to change that. So here's to changing it. Yes, I'm looking forward to that change. We do have some good news. We are raising money tonight. I thought that was great. I thought that was absolutely great how they just went there uh, after their dialogue and they were getting ready to go and uh, introduce the next person to present the first award of the night, which was Best Supporting Actor in, in a Role. And hopefully the H, uh, H and the Hollywood Foreign, uh, foreign Press Excuse me, I'm just like enjoying my little Starbucks here while I'm talking to you all. <laughs> uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association got the memo and got the clue. Uh, they had their committee come out and said that change is going to happen and everything else. People are done with talking. 
people are done. They want to see actions behind the talk. So hopefully that, that will happen. And that was definitely talked about through Mark Ruffalo when he received his award for I Know This Much Is True. And hopefully you have seen that movie, uh, seen that show. He is brilliant in it. And it was definitely brought out to the forefront of several other actresses and actors. But I just want to say several things on the, the, the case of this point with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. I cannot believe it is 2021. And I'm seeing it from, you know, a person, the, the standpoint of those that did, the, the few of us that did watch the Golden Globes. It is 2021, and I'm just, it was just shocking to me. It was just surprising to me. I don't want to say not surprised, but we're still catching up on diversity of, of having people sit at the, 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 the seat of the table, which I'm going to play a soundbite from uh, uh, Jane Fonda and her speech when she received the Cecil B. DeMille because she absolutely nailed it uh, when it came to backgrounds, when it came to race, when it came to equality, gender, and so forth, and everybody having a seat at the table, especially in this industry of, of Hollywood and acting, I was just really surprised that not, not one black member on the Hollywood Foreign Press, not one, and it's been all talk and everything else, and, and that has been brought up many and many of many of many times and to, to hear it on the forefront, to see that, you know, during this virtual award show that it was, that is still an issue, it's kind of disappointing. I hope the Hollywood Foreign Press Association backs up their talk, makes the changes happen immediately. People are tired, tired of, we're trying, we're going to, we're going to, we're about to make this happen. They're, they're tired of all that. They want action to take place. But anyways... On with the rest of the, the program, which I found some things to be highlighted about that people were talking about on social media. The first award going to Daniel Kulea, hopefully I said his name right, for Judas and the Black Messiah. If you have not seen this film, he embodies the real life of Fred Hampton. If you don't know the story of Fred Hampton, Fred Hampton uh, was the head of the Black Panthers, unfortunately lost his life uh, tragically at the age of 21. And his speech just nailed everything about it. He put, and when he said he put his all into this role, he literally put his all into his role. And, and that's the thing with actors I appreciate is that when they give us, especially when they're playing a real life person uh, that, that uh, made an impact in, in some certain way, and they, you don't even see the actor. And with Daniel Kalea, you didn't see the actor. You saw Daniel Kalea channel in brilliantly Fred Hampton. And I hope that everybody does take a chance. Uh, I believe it's on, I don't, want, I don't I don't want to get this wrong. I want to say it's available now. I want to say it's on Amazon Prime or Hulu, one of those streaming services. I got to see it at Sundance. It was my first time participating at Sundance Film Festival. And shout out to Sundance. They did a brilliant job. And I saw why this movie was hard to get into uh, ticket-wise even though there was virtual, uh, those tickets sold out very quickly. And it's because of the phenomenal cast that was in this. And I, I, I was in awe of his speech. I was in awe of his, his brilliance. I mean, I've been a Daniel Kulea fan since uh, Get Out, which, again, I thought that he should have won an award for that. But it, 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 was so, it was so great. And, of course, unfortunately, there was... A technical glitch, because uh, this was virtual, and him was was trying to 
embrace the moment and, and, and capture his award and everything. And his, his, uh, his beginning of the speech when he was trying to talk, he didn't get his uh, full speech out. He did have to try again, saying, you know, we kind of did him dirty, kind of did him dirty, but he did get his speech out. And it was just one of the most phenomenal things uh, that he said. And he did mention the fact that, you know, people have, you know, talked about and know how Fred Hampton died but people need to pay attention to how he lived. So not going to give that much away. Please see the movie. It was absolutely brilliant. That was one of my favorite parts of the show. Another part of favorite, my favorite part of the show is uh, Catherine O'Hara, who in my eyes, she can't do any wrong. She can't do any wrong. Uh, Shit's Creek, uh, she won a Golden Globe for her performance in that. Uh, I just started watching it. It, it is, she's, she's hilarious in this show. And I'm just like, gosh, why didn't I watch this when it was actually on? and go and conversate with people as I normally do with different shows and, and uh, specials that, that come on. Uh, she's absolutely just golden this. And while she was talking, it was so funny. The person that was sitting next to her while she was giving her speech was doing the, the cue off music uh, while she was talking. <laughs> it, was, it was in Catherine O'Hara form, just, you know, gold. It was just comedy gold. And she made that, she made that happen. And, you know, the, the award that deservingly so, it went to her. Uh, for her role, uh, Norman Lear, this man is just brilliant. This man is just brilliant from the Jeffersons to the good times uh, to uh, Nor uh, Laverne and Shirley to uh, just so many shows that he has done, TV. Just the, he's, he's the legend of TV producing, period. Please don't argue with me about that. You, you've never heard of Norman Lear. Number one, I'm shocked. Number two, you were living under a rock. Uh, this this man has created so many shows, and at I believe they said ninety eight. The man is ninety eight years young and still going strong from the comforts of his home. They recently had the reboot of One Night with Different uh, Celebrities on there on the remake of All in the Family and the remake of uh, the Jeffersons, which was absolutely so good. Uh, with a different variety of casting. I think the Jeffersons had uh, Carrie Washington in it um, and, and several other uh, other plays. And then, of course, it had the original Florence in that episode with Marla Gibbs. God bless her soul. She She's absolutely gold uh, in, in, as Florence, Florence forever. But he received the Carol Burnett Award. Um, Jane Fonda was the Cecil B. DeMille recipient this year. Uh, is she, she, first of all, can we just acknowledge the fact that she's just absolutely stunning, uh, in, in her late seventies, just absolutely stunning, uh, rece received the Cecil B. DeMille award for, uh, a vast, uh, her array of work, her body of work still to this day, I sob every single time when I see her in on Golden Pond, when she was, uh, had that scene with her father, you know, trying to hash up the, the years of it's their strained relationship and everything else. And it kind of played true to their, their real life. And it, it, it's one of those movies where I just need a, you know, a, a warm blanket, my, my hot tea and a, a box of Kleenex. Cause I know that she's going to make me cry every, every single time, but her speech was just, it was just on point because of the fact that she talked about, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you, we need to have, people of, of diversity backgrounds that sit at, at the table and it doesn't matter who they are or everything else. And she went through and basically named 
every single nominated film and how it impacted her. And, and I want to read a little uh, a snippet of it, of what she was talking about. Um, she was talking about Nomadland, that I'll go into that in a minute, about how the director made history, her story, in, in a moment. But she said, and I quote, just this year, Nomadland helped me feel the love for the wanderers among us. And Minari opened my eyes to the experience of immigrants dealing with the realities of life in a new land. And Judas the Black Messiah, Small Acts, United States versus Billie Holiday, Ma Rainey, One Night in Miami, and others have deepened my empathy for what being black meant. Rami helped me feel what it, what it means to be a Muslim America. I May Destroy You, which again, that was another topic of, on social media and how it just, it got snubbed out of the Golden Globes. No nominees for the actor, the actress, the show, nothing, which is very shocking. Highly recommend you check that out. Going back to what she said, I May Destroy You has taught me to consider sexual violence in a whole new way. The documentary All In reminds us how fragile our uh, democracy is and inspires us to fight to preserve it. And then she, she continues on and says, but there is a story we've been afraid to see and hear about ourselves in this industry, a story about which voices we respect and evaluate and which we have, we have tuned out. A story who offered a seat at the table and who is kept out of the room, out of the rooms where decisions are made. So let's all of us, including all the groups that decide who gets hired and who gets made and who wins awards, let's all of us make an effort to expand that tent so that everyone rises and everyone's story has a chance to be seen and heard. That right there, I don't know if anybody else was standing up when she was speaking and gave her a thunderous round of applause. Because again, like I said, it is 2021 and we're still talking about people having a seat at the table in this industry. We're talking about the Hollywood Foreign Press, 87 members and not one of them black in 2021. They need to make some changes. They need to make them now. I believe that she definitely uh, made her statement as well as other ones that night uh, during it. So uh, The Crown is my, my favorite show. I know I said it on a previous episode. The Crown is my show. It got recognized for a Golden Globe as well as the actors that played and the actress that played uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diana, Rose Corrin and Josh O'Connor. If you've not seen The Crown, the absolute brilliance performance that they bring to the screen. They well deserved it. Uh, it was just, just absolutely phenomenal of how they did. And the best reaction of the night, the, the best reaction of the night went to Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. I had it down to her as well as Viola Davis uh, for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Whew. I mean, both of them, if it ended in a tie, I would have been happy. But Andra Day for her uh, acting debut, uh, if you don't know who she is, she sang that beautiful song, Rise Up. Uh, she lost 30 pounds. She picked up uh, smoking and drinking to embody the role of Billie Holiday. She did that. She crushed it. Her reaction was just absolutely just pure elation with her family by her side. 
it was just absolutely beautiful. Her speech was everything. And the cool part was uh, they showed after the fact, after you know she said her speech and everything, um, while she was talking on, I believe it was Extra TV, that Regina King came and surprised her uh, in her room. With, she had her mask on and a robe and everything else. And side note, Regina King, you looked like a phenomenal queen in your gown. Oh my gosh. Oh, best, one of the best dress of the night. Came and surprised her, as well as Andrew Day. Andrew Day looked gorgeous and Gucci, that Gucci gown she wore. And it was just like women that were celebrating women, black women that was uplifting black women. You could see it through Viola Davis when she was watching her say her speech. And Viola Davis looked absolutely stunning herself. Just so gorgeous. And I just love seeing that when people support each other, when women support each other, what support each other when we uplift one another, we give them the crowns and the flowers and her performance was just absolutely amazing. Um, toughest night in the meet and I did good. And I, I didn't tear up. Normally, you know, when they play in memorandum or they, you know, somebody pulls in an emotional speech out of me, Chadwick Boseman winning for his amazing role in Mile Rainey's Black Bottom. Obviously everybody knows that we did lose him, unfortunately at the age of 42, uh, to cancer, but his beautiful widow, uh, his beautiful wife accepted the award on his behalf. And who I, I had to go back on, on, on YouTube and watch the speech again, because she, I, I was sobbing. I don't know anybody else that, that made it through, uh, the, 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 the speech that she gave and, you know, basically was saying, you know, he would have said, you know, the following and everything else, but, uh, she, she, first of all, she looked absolutely amazing. Uh, Taylor Simone Ledward, she looked absolutely gorgeous, uh, an absolute complete, complete vision. And the part of the speech that she gave, you know, in saying that what he would have said, uh, she started off saying, and quote, he would have thanked God. He would have thanked his parents. He would have thanked his ancestors for the guidance and their sacrifice. He would have thanked his incredible team, Michael Green, Azim Chiba, Nikki Varante, Evelyn O'Neill, Chris Huvan, Logan Coles. He would thank his team on the set of the film, Deidre Dixon, Cian Rogers, or sorry, Cian Richards, Craig Anthony, and Andrew Carlone. He would have said something beautiful, something inspiring, something that would amplify that little voice inside all of us that tells you you can, that tells you to keep going, that tells you back that calls you back to what you're meant to be doing at this, at this moment in history. And then at the end, at the end of, of what she was saying, she had said, I don't have his words, but we have to take a moment to celebrate those we love. So thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, for this opportunity to do exact, exactly that. And hun, you keep them coming. Thank you. I mean, I, a pool of water. I mean, you you could not just all all kinds of thoughts. And I don't know, you know, just let me know what kind of thoughts you had. You know, please let me know. Uh, heard that with Marisa.com because I love you know seeing everybody's feedback on these podcast episodes and their thoughts and everything else. But you just you just one you just wanted to hug her. Two, uh, you just was hoping that Chadwick would be here to accept this himself. And 
you know, just seeing people, what they had put, especially on Twitter, that, oh my gosh, you know, he would have, you know, been nominated still if he was still here in regards to, yes, he would have been. He would have still been nominated. He was still won. I believe that it is going to be a two-man race if they put Daniel Kaleo, if they nominate him, Judas and the Black Messiah, which they should for Best Actor, as well as uh, Chadwick's performance here. It, I, it, and I mean, it's going to be a two-man race. It, it's a two-man race, in, in my opinion. Um, it, it's And Gary Oldman and Mank, that's a whole different thing. I, I think that, you know, putting him as, as well is that if he does get nominated, he was really, really good in that movie uh, as well in Mank. So, but that, that speech was just absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Uh, funny parts of the night, I gotta give it up for Tracy Morgan. I mean, he knows how to, with even without even trying, he knows how to make people laugh. So, <laughs> Soul ended up winning, I believe it was for uh, best uh, animated film, I believe. And uh, <laughs> bless his heart and his wonderful, um, New York, a uh, little accent that he has. I mean, he, he just makes me laugh regardless. But when he was announcing the winner, said his soul, it sounded like Sal or Saul or Sal and everything else. And I, I was just like going, okay, did he announce Sal? Maybe I'm tired and all that. And that's the beautiful power of a DVR to rewind it and to hear it. But then, yes, he said Sal. So you can hear, you know, people laughing and giggling and everything else. And he's just, you know, takes it in stride. And <laughs> it, it was, it was just absolutely hilarious. Um, when he announced that, and in my head, I'm like, Tracy, you have one job, bro. Like, come on. But it, it was it was good to laugh at that and everything else uh, with his little Bronx, New York, coming out saying Sal. He's like, I was thinking of Sal, the pizzeria and everything else. I'm like, Sal, Saul, Soul, you know, we get it. But, you know, congrats to them. It, it was just absolutely, absolutely hilarious. Um, and so despite it being... Uh, Low in numbers and low in viewers and everything else. There was some good parts in there. But let me, people, ladies and gentlemen, I heard that nation just address a few of my favorite best dressed folk of the night. Going back to Regina King, Lordy B, this beautiful black off-the-shoulder gown with the silver sequin front. I'm not even going to try to butcher the names because whoever created it, because I'm not going to try it, but... You have to go and look this gown up. It is absolutely stunning. She was one of my best dress of the night. And I put a tweet out there saying, I stand a queen, you know, take your place. And the gorgeous, talented Carrie Washington retweeted my tweet. And yes, I had a moment where I just needed to collect myself. And my wonderful friend that was tweeting along with me, Ryan Ellerman, who was on this show before, and we'll have him on here again because, you know, we got to have... Uh, his expertise and his thoughts about award season kicking off. Oh, I, I was I was done. I was absolutely done. And everybody was chiming in about how beautiful she looked and everything else. And uh, it was it was just a stunning, stunning gown. Another one, Anya uh, Anya Joy Taylor, in this emerald green um, plunging neckline, like she. The, the dress was made for her. It was emerald green, it was sparkly, it was gorgeous. She had the gorgeous uh, emerald green coat to match. Like she was just a vision of emerald green with her long blonde hair uh, cascading over her eye. And she won a Golden Globe for her performance in The Queen's Gambit. Oh my goodness, she was just stunning. Stunning, 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 stunning in, in, in that dress. 
Another one, Angela Bassett, who can never, ever, ever do wrong in anything she wears, wearing just a fabulous, beautiful plum gown, uh, one shoulder plum gown came and she was a presenter that night at the awards, uh, at the Golden Globe Awards. She was just absolutely beautiful and just ageless. Like, I, I promise you, I just feel like she ages backwards. Um, I, I, I don't know what kind of regimens she take. I just, you know, she hears this podcast episode. I would love for her to just drop some beauty secrets because she is just absolutely beautiful. And Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm going to let everybody marinate on that. Coming out in this gorgeous, just plunging neckline. Like she had the girls all popping. She was looking fantastic. Waist was all snatched. She had it going on. Just walked out there and she was a presenter. And everybody, I mean, Twitter lit up with, with her, with how just fantastic and beautiful she looked in her gown. Uh, just... Just periods, you know. Of course, I have to show the men some love. Dan Levy in this chartreuse uh, suit that he wore with the silver kind of platform shoes. He, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal color. Um, you wore it very well. He had, I don't know if it was short sleeve. I don't know if it was long sleeve because he had the chartreuse uh, jacket over it. But it was like a mock neck uh, uh, shirt that was underneath there with the sequins, the, the, like chartreuse gold sequins that was underneath there. Uh, he looked stunning, handsome, just wore that. It was absolutely just amazing. Justin to, um, oh my gosh, I forgot his last name, but he's a Jennifer. Um, oh my goodness. Why am I forgetting these people's names? Just, I'm so caught up in the capture of, 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 of all how they looked at everything else. And it's going to come to me, Jennifer Aniston's ex-husband, he wore an amazingly fitted suit that was absolutely amazing. He was a presenter as well, and it's going to come to me momentarily while I continue to talk to you. Um, it, it, it was just absolutely beautiful. Selma Hayek, whew, what, what can she not wear that's not going to look good? What can she not wear that's not going to nothing? Because she... It is amazing to meet these women that are older in age know exactly what to wear and, and, and their body type. And, um, they, they just, they just looked amazing. I mean, it, it just, they absolutely, they absolutely looked, uh, just stunning. Amazing. She wore this beautiful red and she knows the thing about her. She knows her color. She knows what to wear and everything else. Um, it, and it was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Um, runners up for me, Elle Fanning, kind of channeling a little Grace Kelly with this just gorgeous ice blue uh, Gucci gown. I believe it was a Gucci gown that she wore it and it was absolutely just stunning. Amanda Seyfried, oh my gosh, the salmon pink. You know, and on Wednesdays we wear pink, a little throwback from Mean Girls, uh, just the off the shoulder. And I'm like, there ain't no way, sis, you had a baby because that gown is absolutely just gorgeous on you. Floor and length, flowers just cascading around the top. Uh, off, you know, off the shoulder and everything else, the back plunging, uh, the plunging back is absolutely, absolutely stunning. Uh, she, she was beautiful. I said Viola Davis and her gorgeous, uh, a beautiful gown off the shoulder, a lot of off the shoulder looks Cynthia Revo again, uh, with her, 
she she takes these fashion risks and they pay off for me, for Cynthia Revo. She knows, you know, it looks like to me, I've never met her in person, but it looks like to me she's small in stature, amazing singing voice, of course we know. But she went with this, you know, you know, just shocking kind of green uh, dress. Um, I kind of thought of like, you know, the Jetsons, the way that they had their little, the end of it just sticking out uh, on, on the bottom, kind of like the hula hoop type, type of uh, detail on the bottom, like skirt. That, that was that was beautiful. Okay, I just looked up Regina King's thing. Her dress was made by Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton's uh, Nicolas Gaugier. Gaugier, I hope I said it right. Um, yeah, just just beautiful. Anya Toy, uh, I'm sorry, Anya Taylor Joy. Her her dress was by Dior Hot Couture. Who just she she just she just looked amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, and I, I I love the fact that not everybody dressed up. Like I said, not everybody dressed up. Uh, Jason Sudeikis winning for his you know for his role in Ted Lasso. He wore a tie-dye sweatshirt. I dig it. You know, Jeff Daniels was nominated. He wore, you know, uh, a plaid number looking like that he was going to, you know, either receive a award and then go out and chop some firewood afterward for the fireplace. Absolutely loved it. Joaquin Phoenix at the end of uh, the show when he was presenting the award for best actress in the motion picture uh, came out and he, he wore black pants, uh, Chuck Taylors and a sweatshirt because he was like, listen, I ain't dressing up. I'm going to be comfortable. Uh, John Boyega, that one for his role, he was, you know, dress up, had a uh, suit and tie on, and he was saying he was wearing track pants on the bottom. I mean, he, it was just that kind of award show where either, you know, celebrities did dress up and, 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 and absolutely look fantastic, or they did half and half. Uh, Cynthia Revo's dress was Valentino. Just just amazing. Just just absolutely amazing. So I, I absolutely... Um, Found some of the parts of the show to be to be good. I think Tina and Amy did it again, and they were absolutely phenomenal in it um, as a host again, and did a good job. Hopefully, next year that everybody can gather around and and uh, be in the same space there on that. But I kind of like, like I said, I like the virtual effect. I like you know celebrities revealing themselves and everything else, whether they had their kids or their dogs in the background or they had a bookshelf or they were with a small gathering. Everybody was practicing social distancing. So that was really cool uh, about that. Did anybody catch Versus this time around? Versus is a battle, if you're not familiar with it, Versus is a battle created by Timbaland and Swiss Beats that has artists... Uh, current artists, throwback artists that go against each other kind of around the same genre of music, R&B, hip-hop, uh, reggae. We've seen uh, some great battles between Jill Scott and Erica Badu. And I don't want to say battles. I think that we, as fans of these artists that have been featured, we win. Okay? I don't even see it as a battle. People are keeping score saying, ooh, she's going to blow her out of the water and all that. Nah. We win because music wins because music, it brings people together and you can see the numbers just absolutely be astounding on verses. I think it's a brilliant thing that these two gentlemen have done. So they have done with, you know, Jill Scott and uh, Erica Badu. They did one with Ludacris and Nelly. Um, and so it's, it's, they went, recently did one with Gladys Knight and uh, Patti LaBelle. And, and so many others that they did with the genre. They did a gospel one, which was absolutely one of my favorites between Kurt Franklin and Fred Hammond. I didn't see it as a versus battle. I just saw it as, you know, uniting everybody together with the power of gospel music. 
This one is was featured that was uh, a few days ago from the Amp uh, Apollo Theater was featured in D'Angelo. D'Angelo didn't have anybody versus it was just D'Angelo and friends. Uh, rumor had it that he was supposed to, it was supposed to be D'Angelo and Maxwell. I don't know how much of that was true, but it was just D'Angelo featuring some of his friends uh, for a set. And I promise you, and I was reading the comments and trying to read them, some of the people that have seen him in concert, and the reason being he did it at the Apollo Theater, if you know the backstory of D'Angelo, is that he uh, was uh, a contestant at Showtime at the Apollo, and that's basically where he got his career started from. D'Angelo's smooth, velvety voice is his falsetta, those notes. Oh my goodness. He, he was, he's so effortless at, at singing without even trying. And this was a real treat for those that are admirers of D'Angelo, his music, big fans that have seen him uh, perform live. He did not, in my opinion, disappoint. I know some people were very disappointed at the format because it wasn't against anybody. But someone had made a comment on IG, which I thought that was really good, um, saying that back in the day when he was on a concert, you know, you would pay, you know, so much money or, or so forth to pay for a ticket to go see him, depending on, you know, if you had floor seatings or if there was a balcony and everything else just to see this man perform. And we are blessed enough to see it through IG and the power of verses as if we're right there at the Apollo itself. And he was right. I've never been at the Apollo Theater. I hope to go one day down the road. But he, I, I thought he, the way that it was formatted was went very well. Uh, DJ Scratch, I was today, that day, years old, realizing how how brilliant he is as a DJ. He opened up uh, for he opened up verses before D'Angelo came out and did all kinds of things and just he 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 kept everybody that was tuning in entertained. It was really good with his scratching techniques and music and all that. He, he was really good. Uh, D'Angelo did have some friends on the show. He had Method Man and Rain Man come out for uh, a song. I think it was Left and Right that he had them come out for. But everybody, of course, they got their, their favorites in. I mean, you know, Brown Sugar, of course. Uh, starting off with Cruisin', which I love the version that he sings. Smokey Robinson, that's it, you know, his original version. I've heard many versions of that song, but his is, is a close second. Uh, I, just the way that he takes his time with the medley and the verses and its signature D'Angelo and nobody else. He isn't trying to be smoky. He isn't trying to be anybody else. It's signature him. Lady, phenomenal song. One of my favorites. Then he had the audacity. I don't think he knew. I think it was a surprise. I was trying to catch it. But he saw that her was there. Uh, art, great artist in her right. And... Uh, her and D'Angelo now, you know, hashtag her and H-I-M, her and him, which please, when this pandemic ends, let them go on tour because I'm all for it. They sounded like magic together. They sang best part and nothing even matters. Uh, and their, their voices were just absolutely, absolutely magic. And then, of course, he ended it. He was saying goodnight and everything. And, of course, people were putting their little comments like, oh, no, you got one more song to sing. And of course he did. He sang, how does it feel? And uh, just, just so good. Wore this big, uh, I think it was a fake fur coat. Like it was huge. Like everybody was talking about the coat being the, <laughs> and I was too, I was saying the coat was the overall champion uh, versus it's like D'Angelo versus the coat and 
you know, so he had this huge coat on and just his cool vibes and everything. I mean, it was, it was absolutely mind blowing. Uh, first one and the only one to ever do it where he was not battling somebody. I think we all won uh, that night. I don't think that, you know, again, people were saying, some people were saying in very few, the format of it, they didn't like it and everything else. So uh, I'm curious to see who they're going to have next, but this kudos to Swiss and the Timba. This was absolutely good. You know, thank you target and Wells Fargo and the whoever else put that together because everybody got their time worth. And then shout out again to D nice. He did a, a set before and a set after. And let me say this real quick about D nice. He's uh celebrating a one year club quarantine, uh, on the 19th of this month. Uh, give the man all the flowers that you can about how he has saved our sanity, our mental, our hearts, got us dancing around our houses, our patios, and everything else for what he has done for a full year. Cannot believe it's been a full year since, uh, the rise of this pandemic. And we have definitely had to do some major changes. I know I have, uh, with, you know, the career that I once upon a time had, and then was furloughed from and still have not returned, uh, to my job. But with the, 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 all of this that has happened, I was able to create something that I love to do, which is this podcast right here. As I said, in the beginning of the show, my birthday is this week, March 5th, and I am beyond excited to celebrate it. I'm more excited about the meaning of, of what this birthday means to me. This is my second year doing this uh, for an amazing nonprofit organization called Minnie's Food Pantry here in Plano, Texas. It is a nonprofit organization, uh, a food pantry that has been in existence for 13 years. Its founder is uh, Dr. Cheryl Action Jackson. And many people that know her, know of her, and have seen her, she, the action part of her name, uh, I don't know where she has gotten the action part from, but whoever gave it to her, if she created it, it fits very well. They serve and feed the community of uh, people that are needing food, that are needing uh, beverages. Uh, she goes and just does so many, her and her team do, does so much for the community. Um, they have helped the people still in Houston, Texas with the devastation of uh, Hurricane Harvey. She's helped people in New York. She has helped people in LA. Uh, she's got so many things that are starting to come up into fruition despite the pandemic. And I have been there almost six years as a volunteer and have seen so many people and met so many that have came through for service and the amount of gratitude I can go on and on and tell you over this microphone how many people are truly grateful for her as well as myself. So this being my 48th birthday, I'm asking you, Heard That Nation, if you can go on HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I wrote a simple blog about how much this food pantry has meant to me, and I want to raise money for it. So with the number 48... I'm asking everybody if they can donate uh, either $48, $4.80, $480, or higher than that. I'm a big dreamer. I always have been. And all the proceeds are going to go to Minnie's Food Pantry, where $1 provides three meals. It's amazing how it happens. I've seen it happen because I was like, there's no way $1 can provide three meals. Think of the money that you have. It doesn't matter in any amount that one single dollar providing three meals for a person, for a family that needs 
uh, a meal provided on their table um, and, and, needs, and needs to feed their families. So if you can do me a favor, go to heardthatwithmarisa.com. My goal is to walk in on Friday when I go and volunteer and to present a check for them. Last year, we raised $530. I want to break that goal this year. So if you can go on there, heardthatwithmarisa.com, check out the blog. I put my PayPal, I put my uh, Venmo, and I put uh, my Cash App on there. Please just drop something in there because I definitely want to break you know, past $500 uh, for those that are in need, as well as those that are still going through uh, the snowstorm. This has been a couple of weeks now. Uh, people still not having clean water, no electricity, uh, no food, no water, and, and no running toilets and so forth. So still folks are not having power. They're coming. We're seeing lines longer than ever at Minnie's Food Pantry and people that are needing help. So if you can be generous and do that, that's my birthday wish. And I hope that you all make it come true. Heard that with Marisa.com. I thank every single one of you all for tuning into this podcast and listening to me talk about so many things of between Golden Globes versus, and hopefully you'll stop by and make my birthday wish come true. And as I always, always, always end the show, take care, stay safe. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is Look all you ever gotta say is Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at LovelyMarisaT, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. If you don't know, now you know all you ever gotta say is Look all you ever gotta say is